Hey y'all, it's your girl Keith of Kentucky and you're tuned into another delayed episode <laughs> of So They Said the Podcast. Hey y'all, that is uh, featuring my chair that's creaking in the background, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's really hard out here for a pimp. But welcome, I miss you guys, I miss talking to you guys, I miss chatting with you guys. First and foremost, I do want to say happy belated Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Very special occasion for all of us to just chill and indulge and reflect and appreciate our children and I hope you guys had time to yourself and was able to treat yourself. Thankfully. Um, my husband did, you know, he really pulled out for a G, if you will. Like, he took all the kids, you know, I got three of them, and was like, girl, just stay upstairs in your room, brought me breakfast, kids got me a card. Um, and I just literally sat in bed all day. Like, and I'll tell you why I was in bed all day <laughs> later on in the episode. Um, but I really just got to chill and just enjoy myself and drink water. And um, I had plans to put a face mask on and do my feet and I didn't have time to do it. Like of all the things that's going on with this coronavirus and everything like that, the one thing, the one thing I just need to happen soon is my spa. Like I need to book, I need to go to a pedicure without a plastic uh, shower curtain hanging around my face. Like I need to be engaged with the lady, Miss Rosa. Shout out to Miss Rosa. I don't, I, I don't know if you are out of work right now. I don't know what you're going through. I pray that uh, everything is going well for Miss Rosa because Miss Rosa would greet me at the door. She knew me. We had a rapport with each other. Um, and she knew exactly how I like my massages to be. Cause you know how sometimes you go in for a pedicure and it just seems like they on a time hack and they need to get you in and get you out. Nope, not Miss Rosa. Miss Rosa will sit me down, take me in with love and care, rub my legs, rub my feet, you know, do my little paraffin mask on my feet. She would get in there. She would ask me, do you want cut down? Do you want shape up? Girl, yeah. You know how I like it, boo. Do you want wine? Do you want water? What you want? And I would just feel like a queen. That was just my one thing. And I wasn't able to do that on a normal occasion. That's probably what I would have did if my husband had no kids. I'd be like, I'm just going to the spa. I'm getting the most expensive fucking pedicure. And that is the first thing, bruh. When outside open back up, the first thing your girl is doing is getting these feet taken care of. Also, I do want to say shout out to Gia. I'm going to, I have them in my Amazon cart, but she has these like feet. Um, what are they called? But they're like these masks for your feet that just, you know, they take care of your feet and get you together. You know, I'm wearing boots all the time. I got to have my pedicure foot care, bruh. I just need outside. I need to just start washing your hands, taking care of each other. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I'm not, it's not even bothering me for the coronavirus, obviously, is the reason why we're stuck in the house. It's not bothering me that we're stuck in the house. I'm, it's just the, I think it is the fact that we, hmm, I don't know how to word it. It's the fact that we can't go. Cause I don't want to go nowhere. I don't really like being around people like that. But the fact that we are confined 
Um, and it's not like we're in jail, right? Like we can go, we have free will. We can get up and do what we want to do. It's just a lot of facilities are closed right now. So we're dealing with that, like malls and all that. And I'm glad they are. Um, but I'm actually I'm kind of sad. It's like a, it's, it's, it's a weird situation to be in of what America's experiencing right now. And probably one of the last countries to deal with shit like this. Like we cry about these baby ash issues that we have, but for the most part, we're still striving for, for the most part. I do, um, I do worry about these people that are out of work. I'm just in a position where I'm blessed. I know not, a lot of entrepreneurs are still kind of set up in a way where they can still strive and still support their families and still maintain their households. But a lot of people in America aren't. There's, I think we're at an uptick for unemployment right now. Um, I would, I don't even know the numbers for domestic violence and um, depression and all that shit, but I'm sure it is at its peak right now. So I'm sending good vibes, positive vibes to everybody out there that's still dealing with, I, I can't even say the aftermath of Corona because it's still, it's still out there getting people and people still getting sick and dying from this disease. So people that are, are um, impacted by this, uh, I'm, sending all the positive vibes i can't pray for you guys and hopefully we can come out of this um you know somewhat stronger as a com uh, country um i think our response to the shit was shitty um i think we could have responded a little bit earlier from the details that was given to us by the media obviously we don't know who the fuck trusts but <laughs> from what i hear i feel like you know, our government knew a little bit more than they, you know, decided to give us. And 2020 has just been shitty. I thought 2019, like for me, I don't think for me anything tops 2019. Like I lost my mom and, you know, like that was a very shitty time in my life. But it's like the fucking saga continues out this bitch. Like it, we can't get no up and up right now. I just, I just wish that we, we, uh, the murder hornets then came and got us y'all like it's so much stuff like we supposed to uh, it's may 15th today and um i read a news article i didn't open it up i read the i ain't gonna front you guys sometimes i be sharing shit and i just read the fucking the caption i ain't gonna front you you do it too fuck y'all um and and from what i got from the caption is it's supposed to be raining and snowing and shit we just had snow in new york like two weeks ago like what the fuck going on? Like, we need to know. We need the answers. Somebody called Ja Rule right away. We need it. Anyways, moving on. I hope you guys are doing well. I feel so great right now. I just, I think I'm on a, on a exercise high because I literally um, just came in from a six mile bike ride. And so I feel really good. I had duty yesterday. I should be sleeping. But again, um, I don't even know if I mentioned this, but my kids are all asleep. They're content. They got the playroom set up um, and I have time. So I'm committing my time to recording my podcast. I have quiet around me. I could just catch up on some reality TV that I want to get in touch with, but I, I just I just miss doing this. I miss having um, the flexibility to do this. Um, and I think I'm getting over the anxiety of recording while somebody's in the room. So I, I prefer to record when my husband's gone. I prefer, prefer to record when my kids are asleep, when I can be uninterrupted and just really just give y'all everything that I've been thinking about all week. Because um, sometimes I try to keep myself from posting certain things on Facebook because I say, oh, I can talk about that on the show instead of interacting with people <laughs> on Facebook. 
Um, so I could save all of my good topics for just let the shit out here. So this is my outlet for the most part, especially with all the bullshit going on in the media. It's so much stuff and I'm going to do my best not to take too long. But y'all know how this is. Y'all know who the fuck I be talking. But anyways, we was just talking about Mother's Day. I also would like to say, hey, future. <laughs> future has been going, future the rapper has been going back and forth with an alleged baby mama for like six months now. She was pregnant, not even six months, over six months because the whole baby is born. It's it's here in real life. And I think it's almost like a year old. I think it's a baby girl. I don't want to say the baby is an it. Um, but she had made a claim very early on when she was pregnant that she was pregnant with Future's baby and he denied it, denied it, and uh, furthermore denied it. And um, recently they've been, well, they've been going back and forth on that because she is determined to assure or let the public know at the very least um, that that is future child and you're gonna run me my ducats like what you doing like so um you know a few days after mother's day actually let's get into mother's day future has <laughs> i'm not shitting you okay and get it how you live i'm not here to judge you um i'm pretty sure future has enough money to be able to um, support these kids i'm not sure how actually hands-on he is with his children but I know he has the funds at the very least. These kids should, for the most part, be very taken care of. Um, Future released um, a thread of Happy Mother's Day tweets <laughs> to all eight of his baby mothers, except for one, Eliza Rain, I believe is her name, the one that he's been going back and forth with. And like two or three days after Mother's Day passed, the DNA results in the case of you are the father, basically. You know what I'm saying? So the people want to know when is he going to release the latex for the last baby mama? Because, I mean, it's what she deserves. She also deserves a rack of child support. Child support. Like, so he need to get, get, get popping. I don't know. You know what I'm just saying? Um I don't know how these women, like Lori Harvey, I don't know how they managed to um, go through the steps of taking off their whole underwear, getting prepared for penetration with future, knowing that imminent pregnancy is, is, is happening. Um, I don't know why they go through the changes. I don't know if future just has bomb dick like that. I just, I don't know. I don't even, when I look at him, I don't, he does nothing for me. So I don't know, like, I don't get it. I just, I, but surprisingly it's so funny because I was going in my, um, my Facebook memories. I check them every morning. Cause I just think it's really cool to look and see how stressed out I was in my early twenties about these niggas. <laughs> I always look at my Facebook memories and shake my head like, girl, you so dramatic. But anyways, I was looking at uh, something that I posted before and it was like a meme uh, and they were making kids bops and it was a Future song and it was like 2013. I did not realize that Future had been in the game that long, like time is passing so fast. But anyways, moving forward from Future, we talked about Mother's Day, we talked about Future. Why? 
I'm so disappointed. And I know it's not my peer group. I know it's not the 30 plus guys. I, I, I'm, I'm absolutely sure about this. I need to talk to the kids for a minute. And I don't know if you listen to my podcast. I'm talking to you guys, the 20s to the 25 year olds. Um, I need to know what the infatuation is with Takashi 69. I tried to listen to his music, couldn't get into it. Um, I've heard the backstories. He got locked up, he got released. He came out stunting. All the rappers think he's a snitch, which technically, yeah, he is. It just depends on your morals and your code of ethics on how you look at it. To me, I'm not about that street shit, so I'm snitching. Especially if I ain't got shit to do with it. If I had no clue about what the fuck you was doing, I'm definitely snitching. But I also like when I'm diving into the whole Takashi 69 thing and I'm thinking about how he was portraying himself before he got locked up and how he was um, putting himself to be this, this, this gangster, this rainbow colored haired gangster, right? And putting hits on people. I heard he had a hit on Chief Keep. Allegedly, I don't know. I don't think niggas listen to my podcast enough to sue my ass, but I'll say it. I'll say it like that just in case because I don't want no random mail popping up in my fucking box. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, so he's portraying himself to be this type of person who's really street savvy, I guess, for the most part. Even though we didn't already looked up his history, we didn't see what he looked like in high school. He's obviously not about that life. We already certified him trash because he has sexual assault issues, but you know, real niggas don't. I mean, we, we pay attention to the facts and, you know, the things that make sense. And so most of us, like our 30 up crew, we ain't been paying no attention to this nigga anyway. But y'all still listening to him. Y'all still got his back. And then y'all let y'all let him go live and y'all like gave him the highest views when Tory Lanez, obviously, he deserves. He's been giving us quarantine radio. He's been making the things entertaining for us since we've been going through this whole coronavirus situation. And y'all really let Takashi 69 see those type of numbers and see those type of numbers on YouTube for his single release. And I just don't get the allure of Takashi 69 and why you guys like him and why you guys mess with him. I don't understand it. I, I don't think I ever will. Um, but I'm not giving him any attention. I don't want to um, listen to his music. I have no interest in this man. I do think, I've said this before on one of the previous episodes, I think it's the Tanashi 6ix9ine, because that's what I refer to. I, I'm not I'm not talking to him like that. But um, for certain, I just, I'm not giving him any energy and I, I hope you don't. I guess from the standpoint of how I look at it is that he got himself in the shit and it just, for him to come out the gate saying, oh yeah, I definitely snitched on him. It's just, it's very, a very weird concept to me because you was all about, you was with the shits. You was definitely with the shits because you were talking big shit when, right before you went to jail. And then you did all that just to snitch on him. But he had all these reasons as to why he did what he did. People in his crew weren't loyal to him, I suppose. I don't know. Either way, I feel like he was with the shits. He should have took his L or whatever, but don't listen to me because I'm nobody's gangster. Nobody's gangster. I should not be giving advice about any of this shit because I don't got the credentials for it. So it is what it is, but I don't fuck with Takashi 69 and I'm definitely going to side eye you if you do. We'll be back in two seconds. We're going to be back.
y'all, just just as soon as I start to get a groove going, my seven-year-old comes downstairs and he's like, oh, you true's up. <laughs> so I'm going to cut this short. I'm going to try to run through most of the stuff as fast as I can before my daughter starts to, to freak out on me. And hopefully she doesn't. Hopefully she allows me to continue out the episode in the manner to which I wanted to finish this episode. Thought I had time. Don't have time. It is what it is. We're going to close it out. And we're going to talk about everything I wrote down that I wanted to talk about before I close the show out. So thank you for your patience. I'm sorry. It's rough out here for you girls. Um, so we just got finished talking about Takashi 6 9 And I went on a thorough rant about him and how I don't fuck with him. Okay. The next person, let me just, I'm gonna, let me write this off of my list of things I wanna talk about. <laughs> we talked a little bit about coronavirus. Um, I wanna shout out, I do wanna shout out Meg Thee Stallion um, for releasing such a crossover song that is actually on my fucking nerves now. And I think it's just because I've been scrolling TikToks and everybody wants to do the Savage Dance. And I just, I can't keep up anymore. I loved it when it was first released, when she released, um, it was a fever with a sugar. When she released sugar, I was the first one to really just love Savage. I love Captain Hook. The TikTok girls have ruined the song for me. So naturally, when the re- remix was released, I was just like, you know what? I, I do understand Beyonce's on it. <laughs> but I am still tired. <laughs> but you know what? The funny thing is, is Beyonce came on the track and totally just fucking murdered it. It was fucking amazing. And we always, we love a queen who talks her shit. We love when Beyonce gets on the track and she uh, gives us Houston and she talks her shit and she is rapping. Like, I love those type of tracks when Beyonce is totally out of what we think her element is. I think at her core, she's fucking gangsta as fuck. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I've heard enough celebrity stories to know that Beyonce really is unfuckwittable. Like, you ain't gonna just run up on Beyonce like that. She probably learned that from Solange. Solange was probably born and bred in that. And then Solange had to get Beyonce together to make sure she was checking motherfuckers from time to time to let them know who the fuck she was. So I enjoy when Beyonce comes on tracks like that. So I I loved it. I listened maybe five rotations. I, I had enough for me. I was good. I enjoyed it. And I only listened to Beyonce's portions. than listen to this song in total. And I, again, it's not the song that's bad. It's because I replayed that song so much. And then I'll be on TikTok and motherfuckers doing dances and shit. And it'd be like five videos in a row with the Savage. I'm savage. Like, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. So, um, but congratulations. I really thought that was a good look for Meg Thee Stallion to be able to get a feature of... We know that she was with Nicki Minaj. Y'all know, if y'all listen to my show long enough, y'all been on this journey with me, y'all know that I just don't like Onika. <laughs> I don't like her. I can admit on any given day that she's a talented woman and that bar for bar, she's heavy. She's heavy. I can't deny it. I don't like that motherfucker though. And you can't, you can't do nothing about it. And then speaking of Nicki Minaj, Nicki Minaj gets alongside Doja Cat. Yet another song that I'm fucking tired of. Um, <laughs> Doja Cat has an album called uh, Hot Pink and it has the song Say So on it. Say So is, really, Say so is a really good song. And then TikTok took it 
and then they fucked it up. So all the white girls is making didn't even know it. So I was, I was just as tired of say so as I was of savage. And uh, then out of nowhere, I just want y'all to know. I'll say this about both of them, so I don't sound biased. Savage alone, great song. Beyonce elevated it, but it was good on its own. It didn't need, it didn't need Beyonce. I think I would have liked if they would have collaborated on a, a, a song that wasn't a remix. Like they would have just did their own thing. I would have loved that. We love to see that. New collaborations, new songs, fresh production, fresh writing. Um, more Beyonce talking shit. I would have enjoyed that a little bit more. I can criticize B. I'm a part of the hive. Um, you know what I'm saying? She ain't listening to me like that, but I feel like I could, you know, I could give that. Um, say so. Good song on its own. Pop a pill. Um, we didn't fucking need Nicki Minaj at all. Not to mention, uh, Nicki Minaj had the nerve to come on the bitch and switch the whole production up. And the beat was changed and it was a lot of shade throwing. Apparently she was throwing shade at Wendy Williams. And you know, Nicki Minaj cannot get on the track. Uh, even though it, she be talking about this female empowerment and all, all love and all this shit. <laughs> Couldn't get on there without just being, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Y'all know, she just irked me. So I just be looking for anything to criticize Nicki Minaj about. I didn't like the song. And that was, that's a... That's away from my bias about Nikki. It wasn't good. I don't think that uh, switching up the flow of it was good. I don't think Nicki Minaj was needed at all. I think Doja Cat is such a unique uh, female rapper in the game alongside with uh, Rico Nasty is another one that they're such unique artists that when they even do features with anybody, they're always gonna stand out. Uh, amongst those people because they just on a different le level they're not even comparable to me like when people are doing this they're doing this thing now obviously because there's more than one female you know doing great shit in the music business right now so they're doing this meg first doja and you can't compare them meg is gritty she's h-town she's chopped and screwed doja cat is um very lyrically sound um her production is dope. She does her own production and she's weird and she's unafraid to be fucking weird. You can't compare them. Their lanes aren't even the fucking same. So I don't like that. Um, but Doja Cat ended up edging out Beyonce and Meg Thee Stallion for the number one spot, which I should be happy. I should be fucking happy um, that either way, it's a win. Either way, it's a win. It's four black women at the top of the billboards. Very happy, very exciting, this history. But I just feel like, again, I just feel like, you know, I feel like the barbs. <laughs> I feel like, shout out to jo uh, George Jorge. I'm, I'm sorry, I fucked his name up. Oh my God. I'm sorry, because if he listens to this, he's gonna fucking chew my ass. Anyways, um, I feel like the Barb's collaborated together. Look, I'm being a conspiracy theorist, but I've seen a lot of things on the Instagram blogs, <laughs> on the streets, as they see in Real Housewives of Atlanta, that says that they corroborates a lot of like inside shit happening. Now, I know, remember, Nicki Minaj was talking about Cardi B being the queen of sympathy and payola, but I just feel like 
I was hearing a lot of things on the Twitter streets about people going in and finding a way to up their streams and all sorts of shit that I was just like, because real talk, I did not hear that shit on the radio. I didn't hear Say So on the radio. Now, I heard day of its release, I heard Savage on the radio. I heard Savage on the radio a lot. Now, mind you, I'm not really a radio person for the short amount of time I do listen to radio. The one song I heard for Say So to be so much more popular was Savage. I heard Savage more, and we're up in the DMV area, so. I don't know. I guess, you know, overall, congratulations. You know, I sound like a hater, but I just feel like that's, I just feel like that was Megan's win. And I love Doja and Meg the same, but I just feel like I didn't hear, I didn't hear the popularity. I didn't, I didn't hear the feedback for Say So like I did for Savage. And so it's really unbelievable that that took number one over. I think, I think Say So with the lack of people that I saw talking about it, I, I would have thought the say so was gonna come in at number two. I just didn't think it was gonna be number one. But Doja Cat took number one. It's her first number one. It's also Nicki Minaj's first number one. Uh, after 109 entries on the Billboard, she finally, in 10 years in the game, she finally got her number one. And uh, I said this on Twitter, I'm gonna say it again. Nicki Minaj finally rode the right wave. Good for you, sis. But I thought I still thought you was 401k Barbie, but I see you back in the game. You know what I'm saying? Snatch back the unemployment, snatch back the disability. You know, I see you, girl. I mean, get this money either way. Um, I feel like she's really, uh, I feel like Nicki Minaj may be pregnant. Not sure. But, you know, shout out to you, girl. I know she's ready. I mean, Safari didn't have a baby. Meek Minaj, Meek Dillon had a baby. I don't know if she feels some type of way. Um, the, the people on the block say that. That's a really horrible thing to say. I take it back. I said you back. Cancel me. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry. Anyways, shout out to Megan and shout out to Doja Cat overall. And, you know, I went on this thing. Y'all know what I do about Nicki Minaj. So I went on this thing about Nicki Minaj, but it's really about Doja and Megan and how far they've come over a short amount of time. And I saw one of my friends posted on Facebook and said, who's got the bigger come up? Cardi or... Um, Cardi B, Cardi B or Meg Thee Stallion. And y'all know I love all of my queens. I love, I love Meg Thee Stallion. I love Cardi B and I love Doja Cat. And the, none of them are, none of them are hitting the waves of popularity, the hits on the charts, uh, the video making, the fashion. They're not hitting that of Cardi B. Not sure what the fuck Cardi B is doing right now. She's taking a break. She's tending the culture. Um, she is making more viral videos. <laughs> she is chilling out. She's waiting for outside to open. I don't know what Cardi's doing right now, but Cardi has options. She's worked herself to a point where she could release some more music. And every time she releases a single, it does good. I think the last one that she did was press, 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 press. And she had clout and she had money, but those weren't on her albums, they were EPs. And um, I feel like whatever she decides to release yet, she is probably thinking, as she should, that she has to be calculated about when her return is. There's a lot of girls on the charts right now and for her to be able to be, have some type of visibility and, uh, She's going to have to wait her turn again. So now she needs to be in the lab. She needs to be with her writers. She needs to be crafting, working with production. She needs to be thinking about um, how she's going to market herself this next go round because she came out, she shot to the top. Like Bodak Yellow, what? Like, no way. 
Um, so, so whatever she comes with for the second album, for the sophomore more release, is going to have to be that heat, Cardi. It's going to have to be that heat. And she can also venture into some acting. Um, we've seen her, I think she was on Being Mary Jane. I've heard some rumbles about her possibly doing something with Fran Dresser. Dresser. I always messed it up. But um, for the nanny, like a nanny reboot, and I know reboots aren't for everybody, but I think that it would be fucking adorable for Fred to have left dude, got with her, Hispanic joint, had Cardi B, and then they'll kind of make that into some kind of storyline or some shit. That shit would be hilarious. I don't care what you say. And then Fran still look good for her age. And they still kind of, they kind of resemble a little bit. Like if Fran got her like a Hispanic bae, do you see it? I don't know if you see it, but I see it. So I just feel like Cardi B is getting her shit together. But either way, I feel like she's built up such, um, she's done enough for herself at this point that she could chill a little bit. And then when she was coming out the gate, she was pregnant. Yeah, nobody can compare um, the come up that Cardi had to anybody's right now. To me, Cardi did all that shit with the debut album, Pregnant. For that, I have to give her her props. And her props are just a little bit different from other people's just because just the sole fact that the pregnancy gives her an edge up because she was able to release that album and for it to still succeed without a tour. <sighs> yeah, right. Okay, moving on to the next subject. So we talked about Say So. Did you guys get to catch the verses? The verses with Jill Scott and Erica about it. Now, I told you guys earlier in the episode that I was just chilling on Mother's Day. And I want you to know it's because I'm on keto again. I'm trying to lose a little bit more weight. And so with keto, I can't drink my wine. I'm a wine out, baby. <laughs> I like to have me a little Stella's barefoot where I won't be ratched. And I don't want to spend that much money. And then I've just started to uh, tap into some uh, Taylor Port wine, which is the Henny wine. And I enjoy it because I don't got to drink much of it to feel the way I want to feel. So, um, I didn't have none of that. I can't have it, it has sugar in it. So I had me some vodka and, along with some sparkling ice water. And what I do set up there and drink, cause I'm sitting there getting emotional, watching Erica Badu and Jill Scott just battle it out. It was an amazing show. Like for me to just be sitting at home, looking at IG and I had my homegirls on uh, Messenger on Facebook Messenger and we we're all video chatting we're all just watching this and I know it's so corny or I don't know how you feel about it it is what it is but I just feel like there was no ego presented um, that it was beautiful it was all love there was compliments there was just it, it, it was just a great thing to see on top of it just being great fucking music like between Erica Badu and Jill Scott. Now, initially, when we came into learning about this verses, I got with my friends Mildred and Misha and I was just like, you know, I think I just, I just think that Jill gonna win. And them girls almost jumped me over the phone um, because I told them, you know, I I don't think I've listened to a collective album by Erica Badu before, except for the first one. And then they started just rattling off. You got to listen to this. You got to listen to that. And I tell you what, you know, um, backstory real quick. Try not to be too long winded. Uh, but I think she might have went back to sleep, y'all. Anyways, um, I met my best friends um, online. There was a group. There was a bunch of us who have something in common. We're all female Marines. We met in that group. Me and her, uh, me, Misha, and um, Mildred. Initially, we have a bigger group of friends, but I'm talking about these two for right now. <laughs> we, I met them too. 
Um, and we talked to each other because we would just see mess in the group and we're like, bitch, what the fuck do you not talk about? Anyway, we would talk about that. And then that was like in 2015, okay? And We've been friends for five years <laughs> online, but I didn't get a, I had been friends for them for like two years. And then um, we had never met each other. We only knew each other over the internet. And then they both flew down to Dallas, Texas, where I was at at the time. And they treated me. I just had Jace, who's my, my middle child. And I was so fat, <laughs> but they just loved on me. And I just met them for the first time. I met them at a bar at the hotel that they were staying at. And they had bought tickets for me to go see the Erica Badu show. It was just so much love. Like that is a friendship that I'll, I'll, I'll never let go of. Like they just treated, they just treated me. They came down to where I was. They paid for uh, it was my birthday weekend. We went to go see Get Out. We went to Erica Badu's birthday concert. She held annually down in De Dallas, Texas. And we just, uh, it didn't feel like we met each other for the first time, obviously, because we had been chatting online for two years. And I have a lot of friends like that that I can't wait to meet. Like uh, Gia, like Sha, and um, just a bunch of other people that I met on Twitter, like since 2009, dog. And I can't wait to have those experiences with them. But I, I'm glad that I had the opportunity to do that with Mildred and Misha. But anyways, we've grown over time. We've collected a few extra friends to bring to the table. And um, we sat down and we group chat each other, video chat. And and we all sat and watched Erica Badu versus Jill Scott. And they was about to jump my ass because I was team Jill at first. But the first album by Jill, come on, leave me alone. It's fucking piece of art right there. Fucking slowly, surely, I walk away from... Uh, I ain't gonna fuck with y'all ears today. But just know that joint, watching me, watching me. Let's, um, let's say hello. Listen, that first album alone to me... I just don't want nobody messing with that. So I had a really great time. Erica Badu has obviously very classic tracks and just watching them just interact with each other and just battle each other, but it wasn't a real battle. So I got fucked up. That's the end of that story. <laughs> Basically, your girl got fucked up because I was drinking vodka like it was fucking wine. And that is just not how you drink vodka. So I was on my ass on Mother's Day. But thankfully, my husband took care of me. Um, we was able to chill out. We are looking forward to Nelly versus Luda. I don't know if you're going to be there in your uh, boots with the fire girl, your apple bottom jeans, um, with your jersey dresses on. Okay. Not sure what you're going to be wearing. Um, but I will be there front and center and probably with my girls again tomorrow with less amounts of alcohol because we're going to be smarter this time around. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it. Honestly, I have my money on. I love Nelly to death, but I love Luda a little bit more. And I'm putting my money on Ludacris, but we'll probably report after that. I didn't get the opportunity to talk about Babyface versus Teddy Riley. That was a shit show. It was still a shit show when they did the second time around. It is what it is. They're two legends. We're still going to respect and appreciate them and give them the flowers that they deserve. But woo, I couldn't the first time um, that they had it. Uh, too many technical issues. Teddy Riley was being a super uncle and I was turned off. So I didn't even watch it the second time around. But Carl Thomas did give us, he did give us a show um, for the 20th anniversary of his release of his debut album with Bad Boys. So I 
you know, I had to let my friends know, you know, like we got to check this shit out. So I did get to enjoy that. He had the B-sides and then I totally forgot to go back to the other one that he released, but it is what it is. So we're going to be back and then we're going to close out the show with the last few topics that we have. Ooh, just when I thought I had to stop the podcast, y'all think my baby done went right back to sleep, dog. I might be able to talk for a little bit longer. I got a lot to say. I got a lot to say about the last few topics. I'm going to talk about two shows first. I want to talk about um, Real Housewives of Atlanta, about these old hags acting out, and I'm enjoying it. I just did not know. I was very scared when I came to hear that it was going to be a virtual um, reunion that they were going to be doing a Zoom Skype in. I was like, girl, what the fuck is this? Like, we ain't going to get no fashions. We ain't going to get no reads. Porsche ain't going to be able to snatch nobody up. Like, the fuck? I don't know. I don't. It's making me uncomfortable. It's really stressing me and my homegirls. So we got to see it. And it was just, I mean, y'all know I don't care for Kenya, but Kenya read Nene's ass. She said she looked like an extra for white girls. She said she looked like a white girl. She said she looked like a white woman in drag. She just really just tore her up with um, poise. You know what I'm saying? I like those type of reads. Um, I, I know she wants to do it like Miss Phaedra Parks, but I think one day she'll get it and she ain't really reached that height yet. Nene was giving me um, gutter reads, if you will. I think Nene came out and uh, Nene, Nene definitely put on. Nene gave Eva pretty much everything. Uh, <laughs> Nene was just reading the fuck out of Eva, but Eva kept inserting herself in shit. So did Candy. I'm just really, I'm kind of over Candy at this point. I feel like that she is so successful at this point that she can leave the show and they can insert somebody else in. Because for the most part, come on, let's be honest. <sighs> boring like I don't care like I don't care about Candy's storyline anymore and now she's just really like a bootleg charade like because all she does is take back information to the girls so they can gossip about it and create issues that's all Candy's purpose is served just now and, and she really has this affinity for Kenya for protecting her bullshit and not calling her out and I don't fuck with that I don't like that I wish Kenya uh, I wish Candy would call Kenya out for her shit and she does every once in a while but not as often as Kenya be on the bullshit I'll say that I um have to shout out Portia because Portia has come a very, very long way because she used to be a dingbat. And now she just really be on her shit and she's so beautiful to me. And she's so thick. Oh my gosh, she's so thick. <laughs> but she, um, well, she delivered one of the most promising reads of the night by, um, you know, her and Eva were going back and forth. And Eva was talking about the fact that she was proud of the fact that since last season, everybody was getting on her about her finances and her having a house. She had to let the girls know, I got a house now, girl. Pusha's like, everybody got a house. And, um, you know, it really got crazy from there because they started calling each other. Oh, she said, well, I'm 30. You guys are, I don't know how, what, how it turned out, but she said, well, I'm the youngest one in the group. She's like, oh, you know, spring chicken, boo-boo. I don't know why I know this word for word. It's probably because I watched it so many times. It's funny to me. You know, spring chicken, boo boo. And she's saying, you are 18. She said, your titties look like. 
<laughs> Yo, titties look like age hands. They social distancing. Bitch, don't come for me. <laughs> Portia. But I mean, look, as a person who is pursuing new titties herself, I'm not going to sit here and judge this lady titties. But they was. <laughs> They were social distancing just a little bit even. They was, I know you had the postpartum titties. It is what it is, girl. Um, hopefully, if outside opens up, I am getting a breast reduction. I'm gonna be okay with a size C. Like I want oh, like a 36C. Like I'm carrying around some double A's, some dublays right now. I don't want these hoes no more. Sweaty. I don't like it. My neck hurts, my shoulders hurt. I'm about to bitch and they gonna remove these hoes for me. So, I mean, off topic, but y'all know the Real Housewives of Atlanta reunion was good. Cynthia was sitting there looking very beautiful, but baffled at the same time. She'll never know what the fuck is going on. Um, her wedding is still on um, to, to Mike Hill, I guess. Um, her daughter's still beautiful and thriving and um, experimenting with things and stuff like that. Who else was on there? Hmm. I can't wait for Miss Tanya to have the floor and Marlo. Tanya and Marlo really um, put out the season. They gave us a lot of things to talk about. And I always love Marlo. I don't know the reason why they won't give her a peach. I think she would be great. But at the same time, I know why. Because she's a friend of the show. And she's Nene's, like, she's Nene's dog. So it's just like, it's, it's always going to be biased. But, you know, there was a season or two ago, or four or five ago, where Nene and Marlo, I actually got into it with each other. And I think realistically between um, Nene and Marlo, they know some of each other's deepest, darkest, don't want to bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the brails come out. Uh, secrets. I think they know some, some deep shit about each other and that's why they will never like fuck up their friendship, her and Marlo. Which I think, I think with all really close relationships, you know some shit about each other. You just like, we just gonna have to fucking make up because we done told each other some deep, deep, dark secrets shit. And so I think that's how Nene and Marlo are. But anyways, I'm staying tuned. It's part two coming up this Sunday. I'm looking forward to it. Along with the Sunday showcase, if you will, is Insecure. Have you been watching Insecure? Because I'm about to fucking ruin it. Fuck you, Molly, dog. <laughs> Molly is the most miserable miserable character that I've ever seen and witnessed in my TV watching days. I'm probably definitely over-exaggerating, but Molly has gotten on my last motherfucking nerves. So the season of Insecure starts out, y'all know, like Issa then finally got some shit together. She's found her past. She's found something that she desires to do that she's inspired to do and that she really wants to put her 100% into. She has all these sorts of different angles that she's come to just messing with this dude. She got her little fuck buddy on the side. We, we we saw some chub love earlier this season. I wasn't mad at it. It just threw me off guard. Um, Tiffany has had her baby. Um, the people are mad because you're not giving Kelly any depth. I've talked, I've looked at Funky Dineva's videos. I, um, what is her name? I watch her lives. I don't know why her name escapes me. Bondi, a bunch of people though. We're all, Black Twitter as a whole wants you to give some character development to Kelly. Like, 
we get it. She's super funny and we love her for that, but we'd like to know a little bit more of her outside of being like the sidekicks to Issa, Molly, and Tiff. Like, give her something. Like, because we know a little bit about Tiffany. We know a little bit about Molly. We know Molly is the star player in this series, but you just kind of like, you throw Kelly in there to make us laugh and that's, you owe Kelly a little bit more. Anyways, moving on to these soft recaps anyways. Molly, y'all know last season she was messing around with Dro and she was messing with Andrew. She started talking to him. So she trying to make things work out with this nigga. Well, her Asian nigga, whatever. Anyways, um, this is a lot of stuff going on. It's like a friend thing that's shifting between Issa and Molly right now. I feel like Issa is really coming into her own and um, just really just learning a lot more about herself and trying for the most part she's trying like she is very flawed and she fucks up a lot and uh, she's very awkward but she's trying to move past that and just build and grow at least from my perception some people are like oh he's a trash too both of them are trash they both have very poor communication issues especially for them being friends for as long as they've been friends you would think that they could have this transparent transparency and openness with each other when they have issues, but they don't. So Molly is going through her thing. She's still pissed off about her father cheating on her mom, even though ain't shit got to do with her. Um, she's trying to make this shit work with Andrew, but it almost seems like it's so weird this relationship with Molly and Andrew because it seems like she wants to be in it, but she don't want to be in it, but she needs to prove to herself that she can keep a nigga. I feel like that's what it is with Andrew. Y'all tell me if y'all feel the same way. I ain't really heard nobody have that point of view about Molly, but I feel like she's in competition with herself to see how long she can keep a nigga because she ain't been able to keep one. And then she had this long, uh, complicated ass thing with Dro where she's trying to be this nigga's main nigga. I don't know. I'm saying nigga a lot this episode. <laughs> Kelly, we don't know nothing about Kelly, but Tiffany just had her baby and it seems like they're about to turn us into this storyline about postpartum depression and I get it um there have been little small uh PSAs thrown at us throughout the series that I've peaked uh, I think the people are very mad about Issa not promoting safe sex in previous episodes and she had a scene where Connum just dead ass fell out of her coochie um <laughs> they have um they had the mental health um, PSA last year when they were dealing with Nathan and, um, you know, how he just goes there for no reason and was like, hey, I'm dealing with a lot of shit, you know what I'm saying? And now they're kind of easing one. I guess we still, this is mid-series, so we still have a lot more to go, thankfully, because I've been bitching about how short these seasons and episodes are. And so I'm glad, at the very least, we're still getting half-hour episodes, but at least we're getting the extended season, so I'll take that. Um, but it looks like they're going to give Tiff the postpartum thing. So I don't know if we're going to see some death in Amanda Seals acting. I don't think I've ever seen her in like a deep role. I don't know how they're going to flip that, but it seems like it. This last episode for sure, because she just had the baby and she's getting out of the house for the first time. And they kind of like showed some things that were a little like, uh-oh, red flag. <laughs> so I don't know. So this episode, I'm going to make this quick because I hear my daughter again. This episode, Issa's been working all season on trying to prep for this block party that was this 
um, idea that came up in conversation between her and Nathan, which is a guy that she was messing with last season, which seems they, for the most part, have maintained a little bit of communication. So she's been working with this girl, Condola, who just so happens to be Lawrence's new boo. And so that turned into an awkward thing because she didn't know how to like really go about trying to maintain this personal relationship. And oh, by the way, I think you are kind of fly too. And I would like to be a friend, but this is weird because we have this, this mutual thing here and it's this nigga. And I don't really want to be talking about him. And she don't want to talk, Condola don't want to talk. So um, the, she was dealing with that. And I said on Facebook that Condola looks like great value to Lathan. And that's just me. That's how I feel. It is what it is. Um, moving on. So that was just like a little mini plot line with that. That's pretty much it. So Condola's been assisting her in getting this block party together. They've been throwing out ideas together, coordinating things, planning things, um, booking. And, you know, we learn more. I don't like talking about Lawrence because I'm like, why is you here? Like, why are you here? Anyway, Lawrence and Condola get into this whole fucking argument at Thanksgiving because she kind of introduced him to her friends. It's like, just, this is just, this ain't even that serious type dude. Like, he ain't nobody. He just here. You kind of invited yourself to my Friendsgiving, but it was cool. And so Lawrence took it personal because he's on this thing where he feels like, I can't have all the things in my life going right. I can either have my job right, my love life sucks, or vice versa, you know what I'm saying? So he's feeling the type of way, he's very much in his feelings. And I think he really wanted to go into the Condola relationship uh, and make it work. And I think he might be on this thing of proving himself that he can be in a steady relationship. Cause last season he was trying to keep it going with his coworker and that shit was kabut as well. So um, finally we get to the last episode. Um, that was aired last week. And Issa finally gets it done, but she hasn't been able to get in touch with Condola because Condola and Lawrence got into it and they end up breaking up, which, you know, creates this tension between Issa and Condola. But Issa has no fucking clue what the hell going on because from her perspective, you know, they're cool regardless of whatever she's got going on with, with Lawrence. So she basically, um, gets the block party together. They go to the block party. Everything's good. Um, well, let me go back. Condola ghosted Issa out of nowhere. And so she didn't even know what was going on. Um, and she's still trying to organize this event. So her main, um, the main guy that was supposed to be headline, her headliner dropped out and she didn't know she had to do the, the work herself. Well, Andrew, Andrew is um, works at what Def Jam? I don't know where he works. The Rock Nation, some some record label where he has connects. And Issa ended up asking Molly, "Hey, can you ask Andrew if you can hook us up so that I can get my headliner back?" But this whole time, it's really late. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. Issa and Molly have been going through this like weird shit with each other. Like they've been like throwing very subtle but not subtle jabs at each other throwing major shade at each other in front of their friends by themselves and so they have this weird just friendship this weird thing but they won't talk to each other about it and molly seems like she wants Issa to ask her what's going on with her so they can just really have it out instead of just presenting the issue to Issa and just letting it out so Issa. You know, she doesn't have Condola anymore. She's reaching out to her best friend. If 
she can reach out to her, she can talk to her boyfriend so they can get like this artist that she she was able to find on Instagram. And so Molly thinks about it. She tells her, you know, um, you know, I'll get back with you. But Molly's kind of butthurt because she felt like Issa was calling to listen to her complain about something or calling to be there for her. But Issa was calling for a favor, which is kinda, it's, it's shitty, but it is what it is. She's on a time crunch. This whole time they've been getting on Issa about her lack of professionalism and everything else. And she's finally coming up and trying to do good things. And, and, and she just can't do no right when it comes to Molly anyways. So Issa ends up reaching out, reaching out to Nathan, which let's just set this straight. There would be no Molly and Andrew if there was no Issa and Nathan. One more time. There would be no Molly and Andrew if there was no Issa and Nathan. Let's just, for the people who are pissed about the last episode, we just need to make that clear. Issa could have made that connection regardless without Molly. So anyways, Molly calls back and she tells her that, you know, I don't want to impose this thing on my relationship with, with Andrew. I don't want to make things awkward. Um, I'm not asking him for you. And so he was like, God damn, like just left me out here. Like, so Isa had to make some shit pop. She ends up calling Nathan. She ends up getting her headliner shit straight. So the block party happens. Everybody's there's a lot of madness and shit that happens, but I want to fast forward for now and get to the very end of the episode where Andrew is um, being thanked by somebody for linking up this whole thing because obviously he assisted in making sure the headliner was there. And Molly's there and she's like, what the fuck was that about? And he said, oh, I just, I, you know, I made a, I called in a favor for Issa so she can get her headliner. So Molly is under the perception that Issa went behind her back in order to talk to Andrew, not knowing that Issa talked to Nathan to talk to Andrew. Because she said she didn't want to be involved. Molly said she didn't want to be involved. And so she made, she found a way to still make it happen. So she blows up on Issa. Mind you, this was an amazing event. She was able to get, what was his name? Vince Mint? No. Vince Staples. He was the um, headliner for it. It was a great event. Everybody had a good time. They had a lot of uh, Black-owned businesses out there and doing markets and whatnot. It looked like to be a very fun event, and it looked like she felt, finally felt like she accomplished something at the end of that episode. And to it to be just squandered by Molly and her bullshit because she's mad that Issa found a way to make her shit happen without Molly. And that's what I think it is at the end of the day. Y'all tell me how y'all feel about that. Because there's a lot of people going back and forth about, are we too hard on Molly? First of all, Molly is a fictional character. We can go the fuck in on her. She's all right. She'll be all right. She ain't got no real feelings. Anyways, like, yeah, Black Twitter is, they, they don't know how to feel about this. But I know exactly how to feel. And that is that Molly is trash. I can't wait to see this next episode of Insecure. I feel like it's going to be a really good show. And I feel like, I hope they get it together, but at the same time, maybe we could see a few episodes of Molly and Issa acting independently and doing their own thing for a little bit. That's fine. That happens in real friendships. Sometimes you just float apart and you come back together. So it is what it is. Um, but definitely, in my opinion, um, Issa was definitely an argument. There was a scene where they came to Tiffany's house to help her out with the baby. And they were parking and there was one spot and you had to you had to um, parallel park inside of it. Well, Issa had pulled up to back in and Molly had pulled into the spot. And 
you know, they're going back and forth because Issa's like, dog, I'm trying to back up. Molly's like, I'm trying to pull in. And they go back and forth. And Issa's like, you know, she's, she's just, she's not a fighter like that. So she's like, look, I'm going to go around the block and I'm going to rock around. So she ends up pulling out, even though it was her spot because she was backing into it. She pulled up and backed in. It was hers. And she ended up going around the block. And Molly ended up doing the same shit that Issa was doing. Like, she pulled in there just to block her. I was like, ain't that bad. <laughs> I was like, that shit. I was like, oh, Molly is on some shit. Like, she's on some bullshit to do that. Like, that's, that's an asshole move. And Issa didn't say anything. She blew up on her at the end. They almost looked like they were coming to to throws like they was gonna throw hands with each other at the end um but i don't know y'all it's a good series this so far i did bitch like two episodes ago because it just felt so short but i think maybe those were filler episodes and that's why i was feeling the pain of that but anyways this last episode was good okay last topic and i'm gonna make it short i'm called I, I i'm not gonna get into no layered uh thing about this uh also in the line of people being trash along with Molly except for this person is a real life person Lil Boosie I mean I just he's a funny guy he says funny things he's had some quotables he's had some viral videos but uh I uh, I mean lock him up where's CPS like <laughs> Hello, like this is Lil Bootsy. If y'all don't know who Lil Bootsy is, he's a rapper. Um, niggas from the hood really fuck with him. Um, I only know a few songs by Bootsy. I ain't gonna lie to you. So I don't listen to Bootsy like that. His voice is weird to me. Um, but I've, you know, I like a few songs from him. I'm like, get money. I like it. I like that song. I like that song. Who set it off in his motherfucker? Like, I like those songs. Um, but I'm just not sitting here listening to a whole. CD or a discography of Lil Bootsy. I can't take it. Um, but I do know him from being just very super open and ratchet on uh, Instagram. He has some very funny videos on Instagram from time to time. Um, but he also has some very fucking weird opinions about how people decide to raise their kids. He has been very open about talking about Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union and how they choose to raise their uh, child. Um, the child who decided that they wanted to live the way they wanted to live. I don't know if you, I don't know. Do niggas just want to beat the gay out of people? I don't know what the fuck people be on, but it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Um, but for her to just openly speak about what the fuck other people doing with their kids is just crazy to me. Not to just, to only do this. <laughs> like two, three days ago, I'm on Instagram. I'm on the shade room, ball alert, whichever fucking Hollywood unlock, unlocked one of them. And they got a clip of this nigga talking about he didn't hire some grown ass women and shame on y'all bitches. Like hiring these grown women to come fuck their 13 year old kids. Hello, call the police. Like, no, <laughs> I don't see the outrage. The outrage ain't there like I would like for it to be, but it's fucking nuts that he could even feel comfortable to say some shit like that because uh, niggas gonna support him? I don't know. That shit is weird to me. To uh, to um, to make that sexual assault, dog. <laughs> it's, I can't think of no words. That's sexual assault, that's gross. Um, you're 
basically it's almost like it's just like sex trafficking almost because you put your kid your kids is not asking for that shit and if they ask for it this is not i mean they're underage i just don't get it i don't understand where the mindset is for him to be trying to hand out parental advice to other people and then for him to say some shit like that uh mm, um i'm trying to make it make sense but it just ain't happening i don't know all I know is I don't have much to say. I just want somebody to lock his ass back up. That's it. Because, um, and I don't got much time. I got, I'm almost at my 30 minute mark. But I think that is a reason why a lot of male um, people, a, a lot of boys and men who get sexually assaulted don't fucking say shit because they feel like it's a part of their masculinity to experience sex. And even if they feel uncomfortable, they'll never say anything about it because it's just a manly fucking thing to do. There's no telling how uncomfortable his kids may actually be with some fucking 20 plus year old woman. Gross. You know what I'm saying? It's fucking nuts. Um, yeah. I don't know if the black community is really still here from Bootsy like that, but like after that, I don't, if anything, if y'all love black kings and black princes and all that shit y'all be talking about, this is the time to stand up and protect them. That's fucking gross. If y'all would feel fucking grossed out about a, a woman or a father doing that with their daughter, you should feel the same way about him doing it with his sons. <laughs> Ridiculous. Anyways. I'm sorry to close out the show like that on that note, but that was just the last thing that I should have I should have picked the Issa and Molly shit to, to close out with. But I had to speak on it because I was trying to go through as many topics as I could um, before one of my kids came down, bust their head, woke up, thirsty, hungry, who knows? I had a little time, so I made time today. But anyways, shout out, y'all stay safe. Um, you know, read a book ride a bike, do some cool, look at reality TV, whatever your thing is, dog, do that. Um, try to lose weight. I'm on this keto stuff. I finally discovered flaming hot pork rinds. So I have some of those. <laughs> I haven't eaten nothing but the sausage patty and egg from McDonald's that my uh, one of my bosses gave me this morning. So I'm hungry, I'm sweaty. I, I, like I said, I sat down immediately. I came back from my bike ride. And I just decided to catch up and talk to y'all for a little bit. So I hope you guys are doing good. Support black businesses during this time if you can. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I was trying to find some cool quotable to end the show with, but I got nothing. Just stay safe and take care of yourselves. And we'll, I don't know when the next time we'll do an episode, guys, but we, we'll, I see you when I see you, okay? <laughs> like, Y'all know how it is. Y'all know how it goes. Anyways, y'all know the vibes, as they say, as the kids say. Um, but anyways, um, I'll see you guys on the next episode of So's There's That. So take care. God bless. <laughs>